1: Vince's big smile. We're both freshly shaven today. It's amazing. I know. Do, you, do you shave, Vince? Vince, of course, for our YouTube live stream people, we'll just amuse ourselves, I guess, for a second. When you shave... Which is not very often. Do no. You go. Do you do like? Do you have electric or do you do like? Oh, full, no. Lathered up and all that kind of stuff. Uh,
2: electric does not cut through the Italian uh, okay. thickness of my beard. It I, does, I mean, I mean maybe the newer ones, but like I started with an electric back in the day, and it 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 no, it doesn't. Uh, it would rub me raw. It's not even worth it. And yeah. So yeah, I've been, I've been a straight edge
1: forever. Do you go shower or sink when you shave? Sink. Okay. Sink, I'm a shower you, guy. I've been a shower guy really? for a long time.
2: Yeah. No kidding. I, but I have yeah. to shower first. I always yeah. shower first
1: and then get I get out nice, I have to have like a mirror in there with me and uh, all that kind of stuff, but it's, you, know really that... you know, like the, the steam and the hot. Yes. Helps out quite a bit. You now
2: that I, sometime. I agree with that. Cause that's why I have to shower first. And then yeah. I do it like immediately when I get out. I don't know if I'm talented enough to do it in the shower. Like, I don't know. that. I feel like that takes a lot of talent, but only Sean Styers has.
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for joining us today as we conclude shaving talk tips for, <laughs> for the start of today. Uh, rumor has it there are a lot of bigger topics yes, uh, going on slightly. right now after USC and UCLA and the Big Ten just swallowed <laughs> up the entire sports landscape for the most part. You'll have to bear with me. I, I think I'm doing okay so far. I had a dentist great appointment this afternoon. My tongue is okay. This side of my face, the right side of my face, and <laughs> and my lip feel, you know, like they're out to the the doorway right now. But I think I'm I think I'm doing okay. It doesn't
2: look that way. I, I'll give you that. It does not yeah. look that way at all. So I think yeah. you're good.
1: Glad to have you with us today. Whether it's YouTube, one of the myriad of podcast outlets, as always, a simple request: throw us a like subscribe follow rate comment all of that stuff it goes a long way toward helping out the irish breakdown channels and gets the word out there to uh you know to people all about the show um little little fourth of july weekend hope everybody did all right we ventured out by lake michigan you know beach and some breweries and and all that different kind of stuff we saw the elvis movie this oh. spoiler alert, he dies at the end. So I don't know if you knew <laughs> that or not, but
2: <laughs> that's that's like going into Titanic and wondering what happens at the end. That's right. You know, yeah. You,
1: you haven't seen it yet, I take it.
2: I have not. That's one of the things circled on like a date night in the future. So wasn't
1: bad. Wasn't bad. It was I was I went into it a little bit skeptical, but okay. uh, it was it was pretty, it was interesting. I like the way they kind of kept it moving and they even kind of weaved some uh you know like modern hip-hop type stuff oh, in there a couple really different times, which i thought was a little interesting choice but at the same time it's like okay yeah you know, I, I see where you i see what you're doing there okay but uh also saw the the season four finale of stranger things this weekend do you watch stranger things my kids do but i don't that's it's weird how it's kind of um the demographic i guess seems to skew young but we started watching it you know and it's it's like set in the Set in the '80s, fictional right. town of Hawkins, Indiana, which is supposed okay. to be outside Indianapolis, and a lot of uh, a lot of fun '80s references and throwbacks. You know, for someone like me, because I was in high school in the '80s. And, right. You know, like in fact, even like this season, they had like this this bad jock guy, a new character they introduced, had a letter jacket with his class of '86 patch on the nice. Stage. That was my class '86. So okay, took me right back. You know, nice yeah <laughs> but a lot of uh a lot of really bad hairstyles by some of the male characters on there that's it's again it's like it's an I main mean, choice
2: but... yeah i speaking of letter jackets holy crap are they expensive
1: oh that's right you've got to do that now with your son don't oh, I you
2: just did it and uh, i feel like i had to bust out a second mortgage to just bring that sucker home like oh my goodness gracious I, this is the first time I've ever really been upset about the fact that my name is like seven letters long in the back because they charge you by the letter on the back. I, That's true. Nutty, man, how expensive that thing was. I always,
1: we had like all the add-ons. It's like, you know, I had the, you know, like the class patch. Right. And then I had my last name on the back and of course the letter. And then, you know, if you want anything, you know, yeah. you get the extra patches and all that. We had to get stuff, a couple but...
2: patches made, you know, yeah. and then you got to get them attached. So, I mean, he's got four patches on the back, and then right. the year, and the letter, and the... the I was like, holy crap, dude. I That's just, true. I had no idea how expensive that was going to be.
1: There's a lot to it. There's a lot mm. to it. Man. Sure.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Well, I won't give or give away or spoil anything from Stranger Things. I've seen okay. a couple comments in the in the chat already. It is. It's you know it's a good show, fun. Uh, there was a really good scene in the finale, and again, I'm not giving anything away with this, but there are a really good scene in the finale. This new character this season, Eddie, he's kind of the outcast heavy metal guy. He gets up, and pulls out his electric guitar, and he plays this Metallica song. And if you're on, you know, like. You see, it's you know the like Metallica is, is trending right now. I'm not even going to say the name of the song. That's how little I'm going to spoil by this. But again, you know, I'm not going to tell you any more about it, so I don't ruin it. But it was just a cool scene, I thought. I'm starting to feel my my lip a little bit. But the reason he did it was just really useful, and I'll leave it at that. But it got me thinking when I saw that scene this weekend. You know, again, you know, you don't, you didn't watch Stranger Things, but right. I don't know about you when you were in high school in the 90s. I was in high school in the 80s. You were the 90s. The show's set in the 80s. When I was in high school in the 80s, the heavy metal kids were not what you'd call like running with the in crowd. You know, Fair and not enough. disparaging by any means. But, you know, it's like they were their own crowd, basically, the heavy metal guys, you know, with the hair and the T-shirts, Metallica, Megadeth T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they just kind of hung out with each other basically you know but uh, you know they even had like when i again like in the 80s when i was in high school they actually had a place outside that you know like the metal guys could go and smoke their cigarettes out there wow but, uh, yeah you know so that tells you what you know how different times were back then but they were the metal guys and they just kind of did their own thing and the thing the metal guys though like it get older now if you kind of look back Sometimes one of them grows up to be Dave Grohl, <laughs> you know, like Fair. arguably the most powerful rock musician in the world right now. You know, uh, seemingly irrelevant, just kind of meh one minute. And the next thing you know, boom, Dave Grohl, Eddie Vedder, Axel Rolls, <laughs> you know, pick yeah. your, take your pick, you know, whoever it happens to be, you know, they, they stand in the corner, smoke their cigarettes one minute. The next thing you know, they're, they're, they're the ones calling all the dots and I say that because that's kind of the big 10 right now because oh, look at that segue. Remember a couple of years ago, the pandemic is raging. Kevin Warren just became big 10 commissioner and he's got a big decision to make. Is he going to, are they going to play? Call, you know, everyone had a decision to make, are they going to play color ball? They shut this thing down. Big decision for a first time commissioner. And he comes in, he's the first major conference to go, ah, we're not going to play this year. And it leaves everyone else kind of in the lurch and yeah. then here comes Notre Dame to save college football, and you know, remember, even ESPN said Notre Dame saved college football. Remember that? I think it was Ivan Mazel did that piece about how Notre Dame saved college football. But the unthinkable happened: Notre Dame joins a conference, and then Kevin Warren and the Big Ten end up pivoting. They decide they're going to play after all; it's a partial season. But Ohio State ends up making the college football playoff. Right. But that was just two years ago. Big Ten was a kind of a laughing stock with with all of that stuff going on. They were the first, again, first ones to shut it down. Then here we are, not even two calendar years later, they're one of the two most powerful college football conferences in the country. You know, conferences period. And it's all because of this big fat lucrative TV contract that they're about to sign. And you know, they're going to sign a TV deal that's going to pay them over a billion dollars a year, first conference to ever have a TV contract that big. And to celebrate, <laughs> what do they do? You hey, see UCLA USC, why don't you come on over here? We're a Midwestern conference. We don't mind though reaching out to Los Angeles. So they get those two big boys, and now the Pac 12 is teetering on the brink of extinction. You know, so they go from being a garage band a couple of years ago to now it's stadium tours for the Big Ten with all this money that they're raking in. And you know, everyone else is left out there to figure out how they're gonna stay alive. And you know, that sure. includes Notre Dame as well. And that is obviously our topic. Today, with all of this still kind of looming, we did the Twitter poll. We'll get to that here in a minute. But where does Notre Dame go from here? Can they stay independent? Do they join the Big Ten? Do they jump with both feet into the ACC as they are technically currently contractually obligated to do? Or do they, you know, go outside the box maybe and do something else? Man, my like the more I talk, the more, <laughs> the, more the front of my face becomes numb. It's like the blood is circulating now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Doctor Kaiser, my dentist. This afternoon, um, I'll, I'll just kind of take a pause from there and get some thoughts from you okay. first, Vince, on what you think about everything right now before I get into this highly scientific Twitter poll that we did this. It's afternoon. very
2: scientific, and yes. I I did vote in the Twitter poll, so I'm excited to see what the results actually were. the The results were interesting when I voted, but that was a while back, so I'm I'm curious to see you know where things are, but yeah. uh, you know. I have to say we were we were in the middle of doing a show when the news broke that USC and UCLA were going to come over to the Big Ten or that speculation that kind of thing and I was like, come on, give me a break that's Twitter bunk like that there's no way that that's actually happening. I was very I was shocked frankly and now a couple days removed from that you, you kind of take a step back and you're like, well should anything really shock you at this point based on, you know, Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC and now, but I think UCLA and USC going to the big 10 is an even bigger shock to me just based on geography. I mean, I, it just, it's not a fit. It's, it's not a fit geographically well, for them to come to the big 10.
1: And that's, you know, a lot of things
2: but that doesn't matter anymore. I listened so. and
1: read, you know, some national stuff, you know, whether it was podcasts or, you know, different things at the end of last week, right after all this happened and all these, you know, national guys—they kept wanting to talk about you know, oh, the volleyball team and the basketball teams and the you know, it's—I I get it. It's going to be a travel nightmare. But guess what? They're com- and look. I do women's basketball. I love yeah. college baseball. I let you know, love you know, women's, but ba- you know, all this different stuff. I, I, they're just an afterthought. You know, football obviously drives the bus. It's you know, it's 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 a cliche, but it's completely true. Nobody cares about the logistics and all the hoops that all these smaller, they don't. Uh, you know, Olympic sports have to jump through because it is all about football. Because even, you know, on the men's side, you know, March Madness is taking a back seat in all this. You know, like my alma mater, Kansas, great basketball school, but obviously sucks at football. And, you know, they could get left by the wayside depending on what happens with the Big 12. I mean, they, you know, they could end up in the equivalent of the Mountain West or, you know, they might even end up in the Mountain West. For all I know, but, you know, it's like, it's just the way of the world, the the, the money, the disparity in the money is just completely different. Yeah. You're talking about football. It is any other sport. And, you know, like they, they don't care I, about, I guess about the other silver lining, you know, for USC and UCLA and anyone who has to travel out there is is the fact that, well, you've got more money to cover all that travel now. You know, it, it it might stink. There's going to be some logistics they have to work out. How about USC and UCLA baseball and softball? Well, exactly. Come to this part of the country, you know, in in, in March and April. You know, they're going to love that. They're going to hate it. Nobody they, cares about that.
2: Right. And I'm pretty sure they both have beach volleyball teams. I'm not sure how that's yeah. going to go over in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? And, and like Oregon wants to join the Big Ten. Well, what what's Oregon the best at? Track. Right? Yeah. That, that's their thing is track. You're going to come to run track at Wisconsin or Minnesota or, you know, any of these Northern schools, you're going to come to there to run track in the spring. Like it's just that that can't be good for the track program at Oregon. You know what I mean? Like, but they don't care about those. Those aren't money-making sports. And so they, they're it's, those are all taking a back seat. They don't care about those. They're not going to be successful in those sports anymore based on, you know, if I'm picking a baseball school and I'm a top, flight athlete in baseball i'm a top prospect ucla and usc just dropped on my list because i don't want to go play in minnesota and purdue and all these other places in march and april I, I don't want to do that i'm going to the sec where the majority of my games are going to be south of the mason dixon line or i'll go to the acc where still the majority of the games are south of the mason dixon line except for notre dame we get to go every other yeah. year but I'm not going to USC or UCLA. I I just think this is really going to negatively impact the rest of their sports. But the bottom line is they don't care. They don't care. They want that hundred million dollar payday that they're projected to get from the football money.
1: Well, look, and you know, we'll talk about the the dominant topic today is what's going to happen with, with Notre Dame, obviously. But as we have time, toward the end, or maybe this even happens tomorrow, just depending on how long we talk about the rest of this stuff. I'll I'll just say this, you know, having both Los Angeles teams yanked out of, you know, basically yanked to the big 10, the rest of the pac 12 is losing the Los Angeles market. Absolutely. It's huge. you You know, like, so like that is gonna, that is going to kill you know, like those other schools. You know, not that not that UCLA or UCL USC have to be worried about it, but in terms of impact on the rest of the Pac-12, the recruiting impact on that. On now, you're not even going to be televised in Los Angeles, right? You know, unless it's a national game and you happen to be playing. You know, one of the you know one of those schools in in a nationally televised game. You're the rest of that conference is not, good, and even San Diego for that matter as well, probably. But you're not going to be you know, in the Los Angeles market, market too, and you're not going to be on it anymore. That's a huge impact on recruiting, especially when you're trying to go down and get those LA kids to go to Oregon or Washington or wherever it happens to be.
2: Yeah, yeah, no question. Completely agree with that. That's The Pac-12's in trouble. Um, yeah. The pac is in big trouble. And now I just saw a report that a handful of the Pac-12 teams are being quartered by the Big 12. Um, yes. And so, you know, what is going to happen there? That's, that's
1: another question that's going to have to be answered here real soon. All right. So we did this highly scientific Twitter poll today. What do you think Notre Dame should do is basically the question. The options, stay independent, join the Big Ten, join the ACC full-time, form a new alliance. Before I give the results, I guess I could have said join the SEC. I mean, like, do you think that that option is more viable than any of those other four options I get? You know, again, I guess it's out there. I just don't see that being a, a true fit. For Notre Dame, unless you know the money was just well, so much greater than anything else. Like if, I guess my biggest like the national footprint of the Big Ten, for example, now.
2: I, I guess my biggest uh argument to to that would be I don't think fit matters anymore. If there's gonna be <laughs> if, if there's gonna be two well, conferences, I don't think fit matters, to I be honest with sa- you.
1: I see what you're saying, but like in terms of like You know, part of Notre Dame's independence is the ability to stay a national school. And the Big Ten, you've got Los Angeles. You've got two schools out there. So you're West Coast. You've got Maryland and Rutgers on the East Coast. And, like, when you look at at the Big Ten, you know, you go, "Eh, Maryland, Rutgers, who cares about them? Well, the Big Ten Network and, you know, obviously in part the Big Ten, just by having those two schools, whether, you know, how good they are is completely – Irrelevant, especially Rutgers, though, getting to have that New York market because every cable subscriber out there is paying like an extra buck 20 or something like that per month because of the Big Ten Network to have Big Ten Network added to their subscription. You know, and that was like the first impact. You know, again, it's more revenue for the Big Ten. It's things that like ACC Network, Pac-12 Network. There is no Big 12. But it's it's like those kind of things. That have really bolstered the Big Ten for the last few years that well, these other conferences haven't been able to, to to solve.
2: And that that's the problem with going to a conference as you become regionalized. I mean, that's that's the one of the biggest. But the downfalls. Big Ten
1: isn't now because because to, of the fact yeah, that coast to a degree, to
2: coast. yeah, I get that, I get that. I I still think, I still think joining the Big Ten just makes them part of the rest of them. And it's they're, the Notre Dame's not going to be Notre Dame anymore if they join a conference. They they well, they become like everybody else. I get that's what not who saying. Notre Dame is.
1: I get what you're saying, but you're still thinking of, like, the Big Ten 10 years ago. <laughs> I, I think, think about you know, them in any so conference. They become just the the one Big of team. many. You're thinking about the Big Ten six days ago for that Well, match. no, I'm before, talking about before any before conference. The LA schools,
2: <laughs> any, right? any conference, period. They join a conference, they become one of many. They're not one of one anymore. They're one of many. Sure. So, sure. yes, their footprint is bigger, I guess, in the Big Ten, but the SEC is going to keep growing, too. I guarantee they'll they'll pick up a couple teams on the West Coast. They'll pick up some teams on the East Coast. You're going to have two conferences. They're going to be coast to coast when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah. So the question is, what should Notre Dame do now? And that's the question that we asked. Two percent right. said join the ACC full time. I don't blame <laughs> that two percent for you know only being two percent. Eight percent said form a new alliance. Thirty eight percent said stay independent. Fifty one percent. Join the Big Ten. And now we assume a majority of those who voted are Notre Dame fans because, you know. I would think so. Notre Dame show and, you know, those are the kind of people who follow us on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. My preference, stay independent as long as possible. And I think that they still can for at least a few more years. And they do have a lot of leverage. But, you know, we're going to lay out a lot of different factors here in a little bit. But I think the odds that independence is sustainable in the long term, it is shrinking right now. It's it's not impossible. There's there's still kind of a course for that to happen, but there's a lot of other things working against it. But at the same time, they definitely have short term leverage right now in what exactly does happen for their long term future.
2: Somebody did ask a question. How many people voted in the poll? I believe it was over 700, right?
1: Yeah, it got up to over 700 by yeah. the
2: time it was all So I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I agree with you. My preference, I voted to stay independent. That was one of my vote. That was my only vote uh, was to stay independent because I think they do have a lot of leverage staying independent at the moment. The, 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 key, the kicker is going to be access to the college football playoff. Yes. Period. That's the kicker. And right now... Notre Dame has an equal seat at the table as the conference commissioners as of right now. And I believe that deal goes through 26, right? So that's where they're at at the moment. Okay. I think, and the better Notre Dame gets, right? We we just got done having a show earlier today, talking about recruiting. Notre Dame is the number one recruiting class in 23 and 24 at the moment, pretty much no matter what happens, Notre Dame is going to be a top three class in 23 and 24 classes look pretty darn good. If that can translate onto the playing field, you know, moving forward, they start winning games, they start, you know, winning a national championship, et cetera. They've got tons of leverage and they'll use it. Right. And the other key here is Notre Dame is not as dependent on money from the TV deals as other schools to pay their bills. I I do think that's a big piece of it.
1: Not as dependent. But they're also, you know, talking about well, the athletic department, you know, is, <clears throat> has been struggling, you know, lately, and all this different stuff. Yeah, and I don't that's, buy that, the the two biggest things Notre Dame has to have to remain independent. Well, and I get what you're saying. It's but it's the old argument. Well, they've got money because you're talking about the thir- you know the the endowment and all that stuff. Well, it's one thing to have money. But it's another thing for the athletic department to actually have access to it because sure. you know, I, and the, the endowment you know, that, has nothing that to money do. Goes, the, the money goes to a lot of other No, things. the
2: endowment has nothing to do with athletics. they're They're That's not right. tapping into that That's money. Right. I, I, but I you and I are both at games on Saturdays at Notre Dame. they They are literally use you know, using leaf blowers and rakes to rake in the money on the weekends. right. There, there's so, plenty of money.
1: Three main things, Notre Dame, that you touched on one of them. Three main things they need to stay independent. One is access to the college football playoff. Absolutely. Two is a TV contract, a TV partner. They currently have that with NBC. Now, they're making a lot less than some of these other contracts. And I'm going to run through all those financials here in a minute and compare. Third thing, and this is, to me, it's a distant third because if you have the first two we're, you know, but the third thing is a conference for the Olympic sports to play in, and you know, it's like sure you, that'll kind of figure itself out. You know, I think that there will always be a place with that you know, for for that. But the two things they need: access to the playoff and mm-hmm. a TV contract. And so, let's just start with the TV contract and how it compares to the other other conferences. You know, and kind of how they how they all impact each other you want to start there are you good with that absolutely okay yeah no absolutely so notre dame makes about 15 million bucks a year on the nbc deal that runs through 2025 they get another 10 million a year from the acc as part of that arrangement with the acc so that's 25 million bucks a year in total they get from their two tv contracts right now now the big 10 is still negotiating their new tv contract and it's like that is going up all the time. When you add market two in USC and UCLA, and you've already got New York and you've got Chicago. So they've got the you know the three biggest markets in the country right now. And now you've got, you know, again, your your footprint print stretches from coast to coast. It's expected to pay a billion dollars annually. It would be the first ever TV contract to pay a conference a billion dollars a year. And so that's gonna mean an average payout per school of somewhere between 80 and even maybe north of 100 million bucks per year, you know, depending on who they end up with and all that. You know, and again, it's like you add the LA market to that and that only pushes it up even higher. Um so you're talking about again for the Big 10 between 80 and 100 million bucks per school per year. Whereas Notre Dame is is at 25 million bucks total right now. Pac-12 grant of rights TV contract expires after uh, the 2023-24 school year. That averages around a $44 million payout. So that's not bad. Big 12, they average around $41 million per year, the payout per school. ACC, oh, the ACC. They signed a 20-year TV contract with ESPN that goes through 2036. John Swafford signed the deal. Jim Phillips got stuck with it. Total payout per team. 32 million bucks a year now it's called a grant of rights and it works like this if this a school is the, this wants- is the
2: interesting part by yes. the way
1: so this is this i think helps notre dame big time to an extent right because for an acc school to get out of the acc like if clemson or florida state wanted to leave the ACC. Great example. Here's what has to happen. Because those are the, you know, Clemson is obviously the one at the top of the list. Florida State's right after. It's starting to rain. I'm hearing like stuff beat up against my (laughs) window right now. But so if a school wants to leave the ACC, it would have to pay $26 million, the average annual cost of the media deal, times the number of years remaining on the TV contract. So for example, Let's say Clemson wants to leave the ACC in two years. And at that point, there would still be 13 years left on the deal. So 13 times 26, Clemson would have to pay $338 million to go to the SEC, but, you know, wherever, Big Ten, Big Ten, delete, whatever. To leave yeah, the ACC. Delete, to get out of the ACC. Right. That, you know, and that's that's in 13 years. You know, obviously you wait a few more years you know if there's 10 years left that's still 260 million dollars a lot so it is, of money yeah so like unless there are lawsuits that you know that that work their way around this and you know again it's like it, it hasn't worked itself through there's a lot that an acc school is going to have to do to get out of that contract i think you know again that helps notre dame because that more or less kind of helps keep the ACC intact. Like, them stuck. whether can you say the ACC is screwed or, or not? At least for right now, it is cost prohibitive for any team to try to get out of that unless they can find themselves, you know, legally a way around that contract. Which, it, it, and like you listen to most people right now who have read this grant of rights, it, it doesn't seem like there are too many loopholes or ways out for any of these schools right now you'd have, you'd you'd know, have like, to sue and spend all kinds of yeah. money on lawyers and, and there's more discussion about the acc needs to rework this so that like clemson whoever you know the top you know, like it needs to be tiered basically so like clemson is getting closer to 40 million and you know wake forest is is the one sitting right. there maybe at 20 million or 15 million or whatever it happens to be but i you know again i think that helps Notre Dame Big because it keeps the ACC intact because of how you know cost prohibitive it is for any of those schools to try to get out of this contract. So it at least provides a third, you know, like right now we've got the Power Five conferences. It at least you know provides one more power conference in there in the mix with the Big Ten and the SEC. Even if they're not making the same money, those games are guaranteed to be on ESPN right through twenty thirty six.
2: And that's a long time between now time. and then, which gives Notre Dame a lot of time to win that elusive national championship. Now, <laughs> I, I understand they haven't won one since 1988. I get that, but it, it gives them time. They're, they're not, this is what people need to understand. Notre Dame's not pressured into making any kind of a decision right now. There, there, there's no pressure on Notre Dame. They can sit back and they can kind of still let this thing play out with plenty of
1: time. I'm, I'm just going to put this up. Irish Shytown says, based on what we were just talking about, unless the Big Ten or SEC pay the exit fees. I mean, they're I realize... they a
2: billion dollars to get
1: three schools yeah, I mean, over. Literally. Are they going to pay $300 million to get Clemson to join their conference? I just don't... I mean, that's basically three years' worth of TV revenue per school. I just... I don't... You know... Best case scenario, they'll loan them the money. That's kind of what happened with Maryland when Maryland left the ACC to go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten loaned Maryland money, but they didn't loan them three hundred million plus dollars. You know, again, that's why it's so cost prohibitive. It's prohibitive for everybody. It's prohibitive for the school and potentially, you know, the new conferences that would want them to come come in. Right. Exactly.
2: I mean, this, that whole thing right there benefits Notre Dame period, because they don't, they don't have to find a new home for any of their Olympic sports at the moment. They won't have to, for the foreseeable future, they're not going to be pressured into moving around because the college football playoff and these two quote unquote, super conferences, they're not locking out Clemson or Notre Dame for that matter, because they're stuck where they're at. I mean, Clemson's stuck in the ACC, right? So they're not, Now, maybe they say, okay, after 26, they say, well, you have to be a conference champion in order to be in the college football playoff. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, but right now, Jack Swarbrick has an equal pie, equal piece of the pie of the college football playoff voting. He's obviously not going to vote for that. Right. So, right. You know, he was on the committee that put together the 12 team playoff and he of course has Notre Dame's best intentions at heart. So, I trust Jack Swarbrick at this point. Um, and so, right now, everything that you just laid out about the ACC it benefits Notre Dame, and I have a hard time finding so a way that it doesn't.
1: Yeah. Now, from the Notre Dame perspective, you know, again, like for them to get out of the ACC deal, which again, right, for them, it runs through 2036 as well, Notre Dame would have to pay like around $130 million. So it's more manageable. Like, sure. You know, again, like Chi Town, and I wasn't just trying to shoot him down. I'm just saying, 330 million and and that's we're talking about if you wait two more years for Clemson, you know, you're (laughs) talking about what you're talking about, pushing 400 million to get Clemson out of that right now, it's a heck of a lot more cost effective for Notre Dame to potentially get out of it, you know, at 130 million bucks, you know, like if you waited the same two years for Notre Dame to try to get out of it, because I mean, that's basically like one year of big 10 or sec TV money. So there's, there's a big, I, and I don't think the Big Ten is going to
2: be like, you know what? For one year, we'll just give you guys all this. Mo- we'll give you our money for one year, and you go ahead and get them over, and you know we'll be okay. It's, right? Uh, it's not going to happen.
1: But this is also the other side of it that you don't hear enough of these. You know, like the doomsayers in regards to Notre Dame around the country. You don't hear them talking about this enough because this, you know, the the, the financials are obviously a big part of it. You know, whether it's you know everyone wants to say, well the, the ACC is about to collapse. Again, barring you know a lot of you know legal wrangling which could take years and you know cost you know a lot of money, you know just to do that, I, I just I, I don't see it just falling apart. They you know they're not in great shape just because of you know again John Swafford, he signed this 20-year deal. He said, "Well, I'll take the assurance that we're getting some money." For the next 20 years well you know so now the big tens deal is coming up kevin warren inherited a much better situation than jim phillips inherited because his tv deal is coming up and all of a sudden again he's the hot kid at the dance that everyone wants to party with you know or dance with or whatever you know so it's it's a lot different for the big ten right now and for notre dame their nbc deal there is expiring go after 2025 so you've got four you go. more years for notre dame on the nbc deal so th- there's a couple of different things with that one cbs is going to lose the sec in a couple of years so maybe notre dame gets some let you know the more the more bidders you have
2: yeah the better leverage
1: I, you have and fox could also
2: yeah i think know, there's going to be a three-way you
1: could have a three-way battle. bidding war yep. for, you know so again you're talking about how sustainable is independence in the long term and the fact that Notre Dame could have a three-way bidding war between NBC, Fox, and CBS only helps them when it comes to, you know, again, being able to keep a TV contract because that's part of the independence. They've got to have a national TV partner to keep these home games on TV. You get that, and you get a bidding war. And now Notre Dame's really in business. And again, that that contract's coming up. In three years, so I think I think that all these TV networks are going to start rubbing oh. their hands together, and they're like, you know, they they want to get them some Notre Dame because Notre Dame can say what you want.
2: They bring eyeballs to the TV, ratings, man. baby
1: ratings. They, they had they had I think it was sixteen games over the last three plus th- four years that uh, had three million plus uh, viewers. those games and you know it's like schools like alabama ohio state michigan those are the ones in front of them you know so they're 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 right in there yeah right in there
2: and there there's gonna be attractive there's gonna be a bidding war for notre dame that's just a fact now things can obviously change in the next three years when you would be putting that contract up you know for for renewal uh the landscape we know can change in a matter of days there's no there's no doubt about that but I just feel like Notre Dame has the leverage right now, and they will continue to have the leverage. They, Notre Dame doesn't need to make $100 million a year in the TV right. in order for them to be sustainable. They don't need that, okay? But people need to understand it's not just about the dollars, okay? It's about, like you said, it's about access to the playoff and a national championship. It's about a home for their um, their Olympic sports, and then it's about money. Money isn't the number one thing like it is for other schools. There's a lot of schools out there, UCLA being one of them, where the TV deal pays for everything. That's what's paying the bills for UCLA, as an example. That's not the case with Notre Dame. They don't need the giant TV deal to keep the doors open. Okay, $50 million? They're going to be plenty happy with that because that's
1: what they make now. Right. But again, like, is it, here's my only question. Here's, you know, you get a bidding war, especially with three major, you know, the three, the three of the networks, then you're in great shape. NBC, Fox, CBS, potentially, because again, CBS is losing the SEC in a couple of years. But my only question is, does Notre Dame's current scheduling model, you know, playing Marshall, UNLV, you know, those kind of schools, what, you know, a Mac school every year, is that attractive enough, you know, for, for one of these networks to pay out, you know, because you're going to get those schools plus your arrangement with the ACC, you're going to get UCL, uh, USC or Stanford every year. You're going to get Navy every other year, you know, like, is that attractive enough? Because when they play the Ohio States and the Clemson's, you know, on ESPN on the road, those are big games. Sure, you know, those are going to draw big eyeballs. But do these do these other opponents make them attractive enough that someone's going to shell out that kind of money? How confident are you that you know that that, that schedule is going to get them that you know closer to that fifty million bucks or whatever you know that you're that we're, we've been talking about?
2: Well, look, every every school has the directional schools and you know cupcakes that are part of their home schedule every school has that no that's, that's true. not changing but, anytime but soon
1: but you know the benefit you know because like i don't want to cut you off but i'll just go you know like if you were yeah. comparing it to say joining the big 10 where you basically would go back to a 1990s schedule where you've got michigan michigan state purdue you know all these different
2: But they're still going to have they're still going to have the Mac School on there. They're still going to have. Oh, I know, I know. But you're but you're also going to
1: Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue. I think are are still more attractive, for example, than North Carolina, North Carolina State. Yeah, i
2: think that's up for debate i don't is is, is notre dame purdue really a really i know national it from draw? from a fan
1: standpoint like if you ask the fans they definitely like to see that
2: that right? they, that's a national purdue is a but national draw i think it's a i think it's a local draw
1: well okay purdue like take that off michigan okay. let's let's say michigan-, michigan, state, michigan
2: state i think that's a local draw too i don't think that's a national draw i think it's maybe a it will TV be draw it's maybe a better it could TV be draw. maybe it could be eventually michigan national draw Granted, for sure. Ohio State for sure. national draw, no doubt about it. But, you know, yeah. Notre Dame's got Clemson on the schedule. They've got Ohio State on the schedule. They've got Alabama coming up on the schedule. Like they've got some big ticket games that are going to be big time for Notre Dame. But I, I see where you're coming from. I just think that it's those, those are bigger games regionally, which is my number one reason for not being in a conference is you get regionalized. But I, I, I see what you're saying, and I think whoever they 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 team up with on the TV side, right? They're going to have somewhat of a say when it comes to scheduling, right? Okay. Within reason, you're not going to get a marquee game every every week. That's just not that's never going to happen, right? Yeah. But they're going to have a say. I mean, look, NBC had a say on which game went to Peacock last week uh, last year. Notre Dame wanted to put a big a bigger game on Peacock, and NBC was like, whoa. whoa let's put the Toledo game on Peacock or whatever game it was. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there is well some give again, and take there too.
1: But again, you know, like, are other TV <laughs> networks going to be eager to say, well, okay, we've got a throwaway game that we need to put on our streaming service instead of actual, you know, CBS or Fox or whatever it happens to be. Well, someone and I, was asking, just just real quick, yeah, yeah. someone in the chat was at, and I can't find it now because we're getting a lot of activity in the live chat, but. was asking how much Notre Dame gets from the road games. That's part of this ACC contract. You know, that's roughly like 10 million bucks. Now that, you know, they get, you know, like some extra, you know, when you're talking about Fox and stuff like that, when some of these get, you know, some of the games end up on Fox with the road games and those different kind of things. But, you know, really we're talking about probably I I would have to guess, you know, 30 to 35 million in total from all of those, because we're talking about 15 for NBC, 10 million a year. For the ACC, and then you know, right? Some extra, kick it. So do you, like so like you think you think fifty million bucks is a good number, even based on what everyone else is potentially making out there. From you think like Notre Dame makes gets fifty million bucks a year from their from or, or their contract total. From, from their contract, their contract
2: and so then you whatever. think it
1: could go up from fifteen to fifty? Just I do. because you get a bidding war yeah, going, I on definitely somebody, do. Someone's going to pay that kind of money because
2: I think I think there's going to be a. Like before, it was NBC and who nobody. Like nobody was nobody was bidding against them. It was just NBC. I don't think there was any legitimate bidding wars for that contract. I think that changes this time around, especially with CBS losing it. And I think Fox would love to have Notre Dame. I I think that there's going to be a bidding war. I do. So I think I think fifty from their from their deal, and then whatever the ACC gives them on top of it. I think that they would be very happy with that. I do.
1: Okay, so that's the TV contract part of it. Because again, as we've said, got to have the, the two main things. You got to have access to the college football playoff and you got to have a TV contract because right. if, if you don't have a TV contract, oh, you, d- you don't have a place to put your home games, you know, and they've had that for what, 3 decades now with absolutely. NBC. So that's going to be really interesting to see where Yeah. That goes. and I would
2: I would think that those negotiations are going to start relatively yeah. soon. I and mean,
1: if they're not even already right. going on. And, you know, because again, the number is still going to be significant. You know, it's going to be about half of what like SEC and Big Ten schools are getting if it is 50 million bucks. But at the same time, you have to factor in how much Notre Dame values its independence. And that, in you know, and again, like what you've said, they don't have the same kind of athletic departments and, you know, they don't run things the same way as a lot of these other sure. schools do. So I, I think sure. that that the value of independence, being able to play Shamrock Series games, being able to do all these different things, that that factors oh, yeah. in there as well. That helps offset some of those millions of dollars that you're not going to be getting that, that those other schools will have. Agreed. Okay, so as to the college football playoff and the access to the playoff, The current playoff arrangement runs through 2025 as well, which is basically the same time Notre Dame's TV contract Mm. expires. So Mm. that in itself, you know, kind of maybe it gives them sort of a a short-term, you know, kind of target, I guess. Because Brian Driscoll and I were talking a little bit ago and we're kind of hearing some things that, you know, this is looking like maybe Notre Dame... You know, might just decide to weigh things for a little bit longer. They don't feel like they're you know rushed into anything right now, which I think we can all agree is a good thing. Unless you're not, you know, you know Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's another story altogether. But you know, again, they still have some leverage. You know, because again, you know, there's been talk about schools like Clemson, Florida State leaving the ACC for the SEC. when you look at the prohibitive nature of that contract with the ACC, that helps Notre Dame, as we talked about. The, you know, It helps essentially keep the ACC together because you know, of what it would cost for those schools to get out. Um, but as much as anything, the college football play is a T-show, and it relies on the conference commissioners working together to determine what the format is going to be. And the Big Ten and the SEC, you know, like when we talk about leverage, and it comes to running these meetings for you know, negotiating how this next um, – you know arrangement is going to go those two conferences right now drive everything you know like if they wanted they could essentially say they're going to do their own thing hold their own playoff and everybody else you can just go do what you want to do you know uh you know that would obviously impact Notre Dame they don't have to include the other conferences you know and that that's kind of a you know a big potential wrench because you know what probably pushed us to where we are right now is, you know, with USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten. You know, remember a year ago when this 12-team proposal came out, Jack Swerbrick was a part of it, and he and Greg Sankey in the SEC, you know, were two driving forces in this whole proposal. But you know, we get this proposal to go to 12 teams. ACC and the Pac-12 wouldn't yeah. agree to it, right? And there had to be unanimous approval for this to change before this current TV contract runs out. Pac-12 didn't agree to it because they wanted to guarantee that the Power 5 champions were all going to get a spot, you know, get automatic college football playoff bids. And so, you know, even though this 12 team proposal said well the top 6 conference conference champions would get in, that wasn't a guarantee enough for the Pac-12. You know, they were worried they might be the 7th race but 8th best conference champ and they said no we want to guarantee that as a power five right. our, our 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 school is going to get in and so you know i i think that that's part of what what drove the big 10 to make this move and what drove usc and ucla to make this move and you know so again i guess the bottom line is there's still a lot of uncertainty with what exactly is going to happen to the college football playoff now right, right. because of because of The fact that, you know, if you want to call them two super conferences, that's what you've got. They're the teams or they're the conferences with the most power right now. The Big Ten and the SEC, they're going to have a lot of say in what happens, you know, in terms of a playoff going forward.
2: Absolutely. And that, you know, the only thing that is at this point is going to prevent Notre Dame from having access to the college football playoff is if the SEC and the Big Ten get so powerful – that they can break away and say, look, we're going to do our own thing. We're not going to be a part of your playoff anymore. We're going to do our own playoff. And you have to be either with us or you're against us. And then then you're pitting the NCAA essentially. Well, not the NCAA, but the remaining, what, depending on how it works out, right? A hundred, you know, 75 teams versus the 40 teams-ish that are in the Big Ten and the SEC, what does that look like? You know what yeah. I mean? So that's really what it comes down to. Until that happens, Notre Dame is going to have access to the playoff. And you just have to hope, if you're a Notre Dame fan, if you're a college football fan, frankly, you have to hope that the Big Ten and the SEC don't get enough power to break off and force the hand of everybody else in
1: college football.
2: Right. Right. I I, I they're trying to do that, I think. I think that's maybe the end goal, but well, as of I mean, right if, now, they're a ways if, away from If
1: that. one of them gets Notre Dame, they they absolutely, you know, right. can do well there whatever you they go. want. But and, I think Notre Dame still being a, a you know, essentially a free agent, if that's what you want to call it, that that's Notre Dame is still a game changer in that yeah, they can still impact agreed. how those decisions are made. And I do think the fact that Jack Swerbick and Greg Sankey have a really good relationship. At least, kind of helps things sure. along those lines again for the short term, right now. Yes, because you know, because one of the questions is how long does does you know Notre Dame has leverage now? How long do they keep that leverage? Right. You know,
2: I, and I think you know everybody's like, well, you know, if they if they you know don't go to the Big Ten right now when they have the opportunity, you know, they're never going to be able to go. I call BS on that because yeah. any conference will get on both knees and beg Notre Dame to come to them if Notre Dame is ever shopping to be in a conference, period. I I don't ever believe that that will not be the case. So if Notre Dame's hand is forced because they say the college football playoff, you know, like I said, if that scenario occurs and Notre Dame has to enter one of the conferences, they are both going to take Notre Dame with open arms. I I have a hard time believing that that wouldn't be the case.
1: So what... It seems like, based on everything you're saying, excuse me, we agree on what Notre Dame should do. You're in the Notre Dame should stay independent as long as possible. Yes, bro, right, hundred percent,
2: hundred percent. Do not give up the leverage. Do not give up the power that you currently have. I think that would be a mistake. I really so, do.
1: Craig Sebring says, <clears throat> "I still say ACC." So let's talk about the ACC. Do you consider that, Vince? a viable option for Notre Dame to go full-fledged into the ACC. Like, is that that more attractive than either Independence or the Big Ten?
2: I do not see the ACC being a viable option for Notre Dame football-wise. I just, it's not a strong enough conference right now. And if Notre Dame was considering joining a conference, I don't think ACC, I think they're third place. I, I think they're the third option for Notre Dame if they were looking for a conference for football, it's a great conference for the other sports. Things are going really well in that regard. I think that if you asked all the head coaches at Notre Dame, they'd be they would say that they're very happy in the ACC uh, except for the hockey coach. Cause he's in the big 10, but everybody else would say that they're happy with their affiliation with the ACC. But from a scheduling standpoint with Notre Dame, it's hard enough right now with the five games that they have to play against ACC opponents to continue with their strength of schedule based on who they get from the ACC. It hurts them, to be honest with you. I think it hurts them more than it helps them. So they have to do it in order to keep their other sports happy, and I understand that. But if they went full-fledged and now you're talking about, I don't know, a nine-game ACC schedule, I I just think that that doesn't do Notre Dame any favors at all.
1: And part of the reason is we still don't know what the – like we keep talking about, They have to have a path to the college football playoff. We don't know exactly like right now. We know what that path is going to look like through 2025. We know what it's going to look like, but there's going to be a new contract after 2025. And that's with, with every, you know, with all this shifting and everything else that's happened again, that's the uncertainty right now. And, And that's where the conversations are going to have to take place. Because again, like a week ago, all they had to figure out was okay. The, in terms of the college football playoff, we've we've got we're sticking with a four team format through twenty twenty five because Pac twelve. You know, to be fair, the Big Ten didn't want to agree, agree to it. The ACC didn't want to agree to it either. But so through twenty twenty five, they've got to stick because they had to have unanimous approval from all the conference commissioners to change anything before the right. current contract ends. But once that contract ends. All they have to have is majority. But again, if the Big Ten and the SEC, because they're the two conferences you know, with the most power yeah. brokers, yeah. basically, if those two conferences decide, we're done with the rest of you, we're just going to go do our own thing over here, then maybe technically Notre Dame still has a path to a college football playoff, but it's essentially going to be Big 10 SEC or the varsity playoff. Sure. And then everybody else is playing for the JV championship. On right. the other side.
2: Exactly. I completely agree with that. You know, I, 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 I the funny part to me in this whole thing, in this whole scenario, Notre Dame wanted to be a member of the big 10 back in the day. Like they wanted to be a member. The big 10 was like, Nope, we don't want you stay away. Right. You know, and that was led by Michigan. We don't want you. We don't want you. We don't want you. And it was multiple times Notre Dame tried to get into the Big Ten and they didn't want them. And now all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh, they gotta go to the Big Ten. <laughs> Notre Dame's doing pretty good on their own. They I think they're good at the moment. You know what I mean? I, I think that's the whole that's the funniest part about this whole thing to me is this if Notre Dame was accepted into the Big Ten way back when, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But also, Notre Dame wouldn't be Notre Dame that we know it either. So there's that.
1: It's very true. That's very true. And I mean, you know, again, like going back to the schedule they're playing right now, it is very conducive to them being in the mix for a college Absolutely. football playoff berth every year. But again, not knowing what, you know, what the college football playoff format or even who is going to be involved with it in what does that come out to. 4 years, you know, 5 years like, you know, 5 seasons down the road. Sure. Th- that's what we don't know right now. And it, and I agree with what you were saying about the ACC. I just don't think it makes sense at all because I mean just as you know, again, like the schedule might be better for them, but the ACC could end up being left out of this whole thing. But, you know, again, they going could. back to what we were talking about for the short term, now anyway, that plays in Notre Dame's favor. The fact that the ACC is sort of held together by financial constraints and all that different kind of stuff. But I just like when you look long-term and you're going to compare it, like if Notre Dame is going to give up its independence and it's only going to get around 40 million bucks a year in, in TV revenue from an ACC affiliation versus a hundred million plus from either the big 10 or the sec, I, you know, I just, I don't think there's a much of a decision there. Do you, you know, you can, whether you, you know, whether you say money is the driving factor or not, like if you're going to give up your independence.
2: Oh, if you're going to give up your, independence, you're gonna you give up the up your independence,
1: either way, it doesn't make sense to take half as much money. Right. No, if one, you're giving up one one your independence,
2: country. you go for the biggest payday because yeah. I, I agree with you five years ago. The ACC was the best fit for Notre Dame as far as academics and all and regionality and, you know, all the different things that everybody talks about what were so important to conferences before. You can throw all that out the window right now with the Big Ten going to get UCLA and USC and frankly, with the Big Ten going getting Rutgers and Maryland and all that regionality doesn't matter anymore academic fit I don't think matters anymore nobody cares about any of that anymore and it's going to be hard for guys like you and me and Brian and all the guys that are over the age of 25 to understand that that's not the conferences we're dealing with anymore yeah Th- those things don't matter anymore and it's sad I don't like it but that's where we sit right now it's just a name the conferences are now just a name the other stuff it doesn't matter And so if, if Notre Dame is going to join a conference, then I am all for taking the biggest payday they can find.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I had the tweet last week about, I think it was one of the national writers tweeted something about Notre Dame has leverage right now, but you know, big 10, you know, might be a good fit or, you know, I can't remember exactly what their tweet was. And I said, yeah, that's what Penn state thought about 30 years ago. And, you know, some people, you know, well, Joe Paterno thought this and, you know, whoever thought that, well, you know, for one thing, what the football coach thinks and what the president of the school (laughs) and the athletic director think, you know, mostly the president of the school, because they're the ones who ultimately are going to make these decisions. What You know, those are two completely separate things most of the time. So whether Joe Paterno wanted to join the Big Ten is completely irrelevant. But I think you can argue that Penn State even they weren't probably as national a brand as Notre Dame back then they were still oh they, they were, were independent. Of, yeah. they were still a national brand back then
2: absolutely and they are
1: not now they are nope. a regional nope brand absolutely and it is completely different you know and again joe paterno might have wanted to stay independent but joe you know again it's the school president who's going to make that call and i do think that penn state had some leverage back then but they ultimately decided sure. that that's I, what they wanted to and do. And I,
2: I think that was their downfall, as far and they as they also in didn't power. have a
1: TV contract like Notre Dame has. Right. You know, again, Absolutely. that's why so many of these schools over the years. Yes. Remember, Miami was an independent once too. You know, these schools Florida State fallen. was an
2: independent, yeah. I believe, when they were back being a powerhouse.
1: They've all fallen by the wayside because they don't have what Notre Dame has. That is all you know. A big part of this, and that is that TV contract. Notre Dame has a national. TV contract and you right. you know like it it's it's great that your games are on ESPN every week but the amount of households that a game reaches if it is on a broadcast network NBC CBS ABC or Fox compared to a cable network even one as big as ESPN right. yep is almost inf- you know it's 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 so much bigger you're talking about hundreds of millions of homes versus yeah a few million on broadcast TV versus cable TV. Yeah, and, I, and that is yeah. a huge difference. And that is that is why Notre Dame has been able to stay independent for as long as yes. they have because they have that TV contract and those other former independents don't have that. And, you know, like look at BYU. They tried to give it a go and they were never able to, to get the money out of it because they don't have that even close to the same kind of DV contract. Right. And they're joining the big 12 now.
2: Yep, absolutely. And Notre Dame is going to be by themselves pretty much in the world of independence. And um, I think that that's a very interesting place to be and they have power. And no matter what anybody says, they have power. And ND nation says, everyone has ESPN. They say, I don't, I, I don't have ESPN. I mean, I look, not everybody has ESPN. I can guarantee no, you that. And because
1: one, because one, we're in an age right now where cord cutting is, yeah, is the big thing. Not Absolutely. everyone. It is. It is literally. Give me. Give me just a second here. I'm going to do a quick Google search. Okay. And I'm going to tell you the difference between the households that have ESPN and the households that uh, the major networks reach. Okay, hang on just a second. This is. ESPN was in 76 million households at the end of Disney's fiscal 2021 year. So 76 million.
2: All right, writing it down. Remember that number,
1: and that's a year ago. It's probably less than that right now because of with COVID and everything. Yeah, I but bet. again, uh, I'm giving you a basic households that have NBC. One in three household. Okay, no, hold it. <laughs> i know this is this is very it's riveting, riv- riveting but audio yeah. but not
2: look you're you're gonna make a really good point here in a second because anybody with a tv and a pair of rabbit ears has esp or has uh has network tv i mean right Bottom line, right? And how many people are in the United States or how many households are in the United States of America? I almost get, and I'm not going to deal in exclusivities here, but I would say the vast majority of people in America have a TV in their house, at least one. Right? Right. So they all have NBC, every one of them. And somebody, uh, sp- Spanky, wants to know how how the heck was I watching uh, the College World Series if I don't have ESPN? I have my ways, right? But I don't, I do not okay. have it
1: personally. So, yeah, three hundred and twenty nine million Americans, <laughs> okay, seventy six million households have ESPN. So there's if you if you there's have a TV, 150,
2: 153 million more households, yes. If there you have you a
1: TV, you have access to broadcast television. That is right. that is the difference. Yeah. And, that, and that, is, that is part of the value of Notre Dame being on NBC. Like, as sports fans, of course we have ESPN. We have some kind of access. I have access to, to it. ESPN. I just don't we're have going, it in my house. We're going to find access to it. But there is just a huge difference between being on ESPN versus being on one of the four major broadcast networks. That's all there is to it. Right. Again, 329 million Americans.
2: Right. That's a big difference. I mean, bottom line, that's a big difference, you know? So, yeah, it's again, Notre Dame has leverage. So, you know, people might be upset by that and that's fine. They're allowed to have they're allowed to be upset by that. That that's okay. That's why Notre Dame is who they are. They're either loved or they're hated. People hate that they have as much power as they do, but they do. Bottom line.
1: Here we, here we go. The number of TV households estimated is 122 million. So there's okay. your, like I said, it took a couple more Google searches than I thought, <laughs> but a quick Google search. That so seems I, actually
2: low to me, but okay.
1: So I think so as well, but it's still 50 million more. That's right. Know. All right. We got a, a super chat. Can't Notre Dame leverage 100 million plus? total is independent 60 million for home TV package and 10 million for road games with the end ESPN and Fox balances out for networks uh they get access to both crappy and elite <laughs> Notre Dame games
2: there's ways for Notre Dame to leverage their money let's put it that way I, right. I I absolutely could they could they get 60 million for you know their home deal with with somebody whether that be Fox or CBS or NBC yeah they they could. And then they're it's they're under contract with the ACC for the awake for for uh, a cut of their money right now that's ten million so you just add ten onto that so that'd be seventy million right there sixty plus ten is seventy that, that's pretty darn good you're 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 def, you're in within you know a pitching wedge of the big Again, conferences at that point
1: it it depends on you know like he's talking about could they yeah sure they could in theory. Leverage a total of a hundred million bucks. But the big X factor in all this is the potential bidding war that you would get between yes. three networks. You know, how right. badly does NBC exactly. want to hold on to it, you know, know, versus versus CBS and Fox trying to get it into the mix because you know, Fox wants to add to what it's doing. NBC wants to add to what it's doing, but it can't add if it doesn't keep Notre Dame right. to begin and, with. And CBS is yes. going to be out of the SEC business here. And in a couple of years away so you've games. Got three are, potential yeah. bidders for away it. games are tougher though,
2: because especially when right. you're talking about playing other conferences, they're in charge of their home games when it comes to the TV. Notre Dame is a visitor. You, you're not going to have. You're only going to have so much power. Okay, Notre Dame's not going to have power over the TV rights to their games on the road.
1: Well, and that's why Notre Dame gets a cut right. of that. You know, ACC's right. TV contract because of their arrangement. Now they right. get a smaller cut, but they still get a cut. They still get a cut. And I, and again. A, They're going to get something from, you know, like from Fox or CBS if they're on those networks for for those games, but obviously not nearly as much.
2: Travis Shuttlesworth says Big 10 is on Fox, which is a broadcast network. Yes, but not all of their games are on Fox. Um, The vast majority of the Big 10 games are on the Big 10 network. They're not on Fox. The big game of the week is on Fox. There's one game a week in the entire Big 10 that is on network TV. Right, unless they're playing right. on the road against somebody else who happens to be on network TV, like ABC or something like that. But right. there's one game.
1: And for example, <clears throat> Ohio State, yes, they, you know, they're on a lot more than they're other on Fox. people. Yes, but not every home game is right. on Fox. Like right. every <clears throat> Notre Dame home game is on NBC. And look, and we've talked that them. about every other school in the country. Right, Notre Dame is the only that that's that's yeah. that's why that that's why that contract means so much. And you know. What leverages their independence is their ability to have that contract because nobody else can say that, you know, they might have a couple games on Fox, a couple on ESPN, a couple on ABC, but nobody else can say every home game with the exception of maybe the game that ends up on Peacock or, you know, there was, you know, NBC Sports Network, you know, once a year or whatever, but. Nobody else in the country can say all of our home games are going to be on a broadcast TV station, which gives them a much larger reach.
2: Yes, no question. No question about it. And I, we've talked about, see, my preference, you know, because my opinion means everything, is that Notre Dame and Fox come to some sort of an agreement, and Notre Dame has that 3.30 slot right after the big noon, big 10 game. They, they have their big game at noon. Notre Dame slides in at 3.30. Boom. I, I love that idea, frankly. But yeah. again, that <laughs> that just works out well because I like some of the guys at Fox better to broadcast Notre Dame's <laughs> games and things like that. Right. So there's a lot wrapped up into that. But the way that Fox does their thing right now, there are big games at noon, which is brilliant, by the way, because there's no
1: other big games at noon. They, they created brilliant. a new primetime window, even brilliant. though it's at noon and it's early in the day. And I love that. People are watching. The ratings are great for the big noon. Kickoff. Yes. I,
2: I love that strategy. And so I like where their heads at. I want to be a part of that. Like I want,
1: quite frankly, you know, like people scoff at the notion of, oh, are, you know, USC and UCLA mm. going to be playing these 9 a.m. games? And you know if what? they want to be on national television, they will. It's a new TV window. You know, <laughs> and again, it's just like the NFL going to London to play 9 a.m. games. And I realize it stinks to have to roll out of bed. You know, I lived on the West Coast for a year. A long time ago, and That's I right. actually—now I was young, so you know, I was 20, 21 years old. So you know, when I say this, you know, I like the idea of rolling out of bed hungover and watching the NFL. <laughs> at, you know, at ten a.m. on Sunday, right? That appealed to me. If yeah. I was going to be hungover, at least I could roll out of bed. Yep. And 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 the games were going to be on at at ten a.m. I did not mind hmm. that one bit. Just like. On New Year's Day, you know, like the old New Year's Day, we would roll out of bed, and at 11 a.m., there was going to be a game on, and then by 11.30, there was going to be another game on, and by 1 o'clock, there was going to be a third game on, and we could just watch you know, multiple games all day long. I loved it. Absolutely. I'm all about it. No matter what my intake was the night before.
2: I love it. I'm all about as much football as I can possibly stomach, and it works out well because the IB pregame show is going to be from 10 to noon, we roll right into kickoff at noon and we just watch football the rest of the day. Like that that's your that's your game plan on Saturdays, folks. That's right. That's
1: right. And then you know, you just get that much more stuff done later in the day when, that's right. when you actually need to. Yeah. We got another super chat. Craig Sebring says then I say fine, no conference, stay independent. Let's win a couple national championships and some major bowl games. And that's
2: that look, you want to talk about leverage. There it is right there. Yeah. Notre Dame will have the ultimate leverage if they can go and be a player on the national stage by winning a national championship. That will automate. They're not excluding Notre Dame from any of these conversations if they're winning national championships over all of the other parties involved. Period. That's your leverage right there. Craig, I am 100% on board with you. Stay independent. Go win a national title, and then they're not going to be able to ignore Notre Dame as a seat at the table.
1: Right. I had a comment that I was just going to throw in there, but now I can't. Well, the uh, the it. comments have been fast there's, and furious today. It's been There's great. an interesting one from earlier yes. from Drunk Vigo, who was really active earlier. Notre Dame needs to create its own super conference, bro. And <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's talking to you, bro.
1: All right, bro. <laughs> uh, you know, I, this is one option. Yeah. That you know, I you know, it was part of the Twitter <laughs> poll that didn't get a whole lot of play, but this is something well, that's out there as well. You know, yeah. like. I don't know exactly what it could look like because of, you know, here's, here's one thing that I would say, you know, like if the ACC is really serious about Notre Dame, for example, then Hey, ACC, since you've got this bad TV contract through 2036, how about you think of, you know, blow up what you actually have right now. You, you know, you keep Clemson, Florida state, Miami, Miami, Maybe you keep North Carolina around. I'd keep Georgia Tech around just because you get the Atlanta TV market. You know, I think that's worthwhile. Sure. Um, But then, you know, if Notre Dame is involved, then, okay, well, now we go to the middle of the country and we get TCU and we get Baylor and maybe even we think about SMU and Houston because then you've got the, you know, the biggest, the two biggest TV markets in, uh, In Texas, in the middle of the country, you know, beyond Chicago, obviously, but, you know, that probably, you know, that, yeah, the next two biggest in in terms of the middle of the country, and then you go out to the West Coast, and now we're talking about Cal and Stanford, because even if we don't have the LA market, at least we've got the San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose market there in Northern California, and then we go up farther north, you know, and, and, you know, so now you're coast to coast, you get maybe Oregon and, and Washington, involved as well. I I mean, to me, there are crazier ideas. I I,
2: think, think, look, look, I, I think that would be the ultimate power move by Notre Dame. Like, look, we're not joining a conference. We're starting one. Like that, that would be the ultimate power move by Notre Dame. And I would just, that would be the get your popcorn out and just watch everybody (laughs) just lose their minds as Notre Dame plucks who they want from all over the country and just start your own conference. I, I number one, I think they could do it. It would it would take. It would be very interesting to see how that would go. In my opinion, you'd have to do it pretty much behind the scenes, and then just announce it like mic drop style. That's hey, right. here's our 12 team conference, 16 team conference. Let's go! Like right. I, it, that would be the ultimate. You know, you thought that USC, you know, UCLA going to the Pac 12, or going to the Big Ten was like a major announcement. That would be the ultimate mic drop if Notre Dame started their own conference. You know, you call it whatever you want, Conference USA, and then just <laughs> boom, I think baby. that one's taken. I, I know it's one's taken. But, but
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, here it, it is. Because like Michael says, I said for the ACC conference to give the conference to Notre Dame, and people said I'm crazy. That's called big business. And I mean, I don't disagree with that. It, it couldn't be seen publicly as, you know, Notre Dame is running this thing, obviously. But Notre Dame would have. Heck of a lot of pull and making yeah. something like this happen. Yep. If you you know were it, to, were look, to go look, out and, and they do that, Canada. yeah. They get all those different schools,
2: and when they announce it, they're like, Oh yeah, and by the way, we just got a billion dollar, you know, TV deal with X. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's how it's done. That's how you do it. Yeah. I agree with Alan. Alan's saying it would take a billion dollars plus. Yeah, where do you think these conferences are getting their money? From the TV deal, Notre Dame gets a tv deal together they get all these teams in the conference that's how it's done i mean it it could i'm not saying it could be easily done but notre dame has the power to do it period yeah
1: Jay wick 13 says it would be similar to how texas basically ran the big 12 for a while and you know you're you're right about that and so now i was you know i was when when i started in college at the University of Kansas in 1991, it was still the Big Eight. Right. By the time I finished college, mm-hmm. it was the Big Twelve, <laughs> and all these stupid Texas schools came along. And believe me, you know none of the existing schools liked how much sway Texas had right. in this whole thing. And the fact that they were bringing all these other Texas schools along with them, you know, it kind of it backed them up. Well, look at where Texas A&M took off first, and then. The fact that Nebraska and Colorado took off, you know, there was a lot of dissatisfaction. Missouri took off. There was a lot of dissatisfaction with how much sway Texas had in the big 12. And now, you know, it it basically, you know, the the conference started to erode and you had all these defections and now even Texas itself is leaving. You know, none of it was ever good enough for Texas.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: you couldn't have a big 12 network because Texas had to have the longhorn network. Right. Trust me. I know you don't have to tell me about that,
2: <laughs> but you know, if Notre Dame guy. starts their own conference. They're going to have a heck of a lot to say. You can say that everybody's even at the table and all these other things, and that's yeah. what you—that's what you sell if you're Notre Dame. But at the end of the day, you know, Notre Dame's seat's going to be about six inches higher than everybody else's. Very true.
1: So you know, it's going to be interesting. Again, like to circle back to where we started. Vince, Notre Dame still has a lot of leverage in all this. Oh, yes. And Notre Dame, in the short term, you know, I, I, I don't know how long this leverage lasts, I guess, but based on all these things that we talked about, Notre Dame has enough leverage. I, I don't think they feel like they've got to make a decision right now. They're going to explore, I think, whatever possibilities are out there as many possibilities as they can. Sure. I think there's going to be a lot of talks all over the country, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have to figure out how they're going to stay viable. You know, there was a report today that the two Arizona schools in Colorado and Utah are talking to the Big 12 right now. So there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of talks that are going on. Notre Dame has a ton of leverage. Yes, they do. And they, they, they just have to, you know, again – it it comes down to the two biggest factors and that is access to the college football playoff again we don't know what that's going to look like going forward after 2025 and along with that a tv partner you know that that gives them that revenue so, you know again that's that's what led to all these other schools losing their independence these former big players you know on the independent scene that's what led to them ultimately not being in independence anymore. They didn't have the, the TV contract.
2: That right. Has. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. So we'll see what happens,
1: but I think uh, here's what
2: I will say. Join the message board. If you haven't already, the yes. Irish message board, because there is some Intel over there about conference affiliation as from a Notre Dame perspective from some sources that Brian put out. So I would suggest that you check that out and then, uh we'll we'll give everybody about 24 hours if you're not a member of the message board and then we'll talk about it on the show but uh definitely get over there it's worth your time it's worth the five bucks a month or whatever brian charges for the message board believe me because he has all the data and all the intel so check that out as well
1: we went for a while tonight had a lot of people with us on the youtube stream we appreciate you thanks for coming in tonight
2: before we sign off though brian uh brian Uh, sean sean you're sean brian's the other guy uh before I've we sign this, off
1: you know <laughs> got a nap flying around our uh this fa- is
2: left numb though our, our fuck fa- that's good our father from Canada says I had to duck out for a bit but I'm guessing we never got to the baseball search
1: yeah um well let's go ahead and touch on it yeah you know there was so much going on with the football talk Todd Interdonato the Wofford coach is uh had the report on him uh, over the weekend, he interviewed last week. So as of right now, it is the Wofford coach, Todd Interdonato. They've had, you know, he's been there a lot long. He, it's the same conference that Link Jarrett was in at UC, uh, UNC Greensboro. Wofford, they're they're both in the Southern Conference. Um, had a lot of success. They have won Wofford has that conference the last two years. And I think it is off the top of my head, it is something like, like nine or ten years running. they've been one of the top stolen base teams in the country. They led the nation in back you know back to back years, I like that. stolen bases under Intertonado so you know they're very aggressive there. So he is as of right now, um, you know the only external candidate that I can speak on that I have definitely heard has been involved in that process, uh, the Wofford, Head coach. And then the two Irish assistants, Chuck Rastano, the pitching coach, and Rich Wallace, hitting coach/slash recruiting coordinator, are uh, still in the room there as well. So that's kind of, you know, it's really. Are you still with me? Am, am I still with you? Vince? I
2: I can hear you now. There was a bit of silence there for a moment, uh, but I got you now.
1: I think we're starting to break up. So that's what we have right now. <laughs> Vince is better than Wolford. Okay, that's what that's what D Rock Irish <laughs> says. I think I think I think we're pushing our limit with this. You know, I, I based just just based on that right now, and I don't mean this. You know, as a shot at any of these guys because again, I think that the two assistants um are both to me, I think they're good candidates because of the fact that, you know, that 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 they were there with Link Jarrett, you know, they they essentially kind of have the secret sauce, the formula that Link Jarrett had that turned this into a nationally contending team. But the fact that we're that like two assistants and the Wooford coach are the three, to me, you know, like we talked over the last few weeks about, you know, sort of putting resources into this program. To me, it, it, it kind of says that they really kind of have eyes on keeping that coach's salary in the pretty manageable.
2: Range. Yeah. Right. Cause
1: I have to think that there has probably been some interest, you know, and, and here and there, I've kind of heard that there is some interest, you know, from, from maybe some bigger names, um, Bigger names cost more money. <laughs> I guess they do. You know? Yes, they do. Yeah. So, hey, I'll just remind you, uh, like us on uh, on the YouTube stream. Subscribe to us. Um, follow us. Comment. Rate us on the podcast platforms. We really appreciate it, and it really helps out the channel. We'll uh, hopefully have some more on, uh, you know, the whole baseball coaching search and stuff like that, you know, as uh, – as the week goes on, um, you know, I I want to say like July nineteenth was around the time Link Jarrett was announced as head coach. We knew he was going to be head coach prior to that, but um, you know, I wouldn't be in panic mode just because you know it's been less than it's it's only been a week since he was officially named yeah. at Florida State, and it's still been less than two weeks, you know, since the report came out that he was going there. So, right, you want you you, you do want to make sure you're finding the right guy.
2: Absolutely. You got to make, you got to make, this is a, this is a huge moment for Notre Dame baseball right now. And I I think it's even bigger than when Paul left because they weren't coming off the college world series when Paul left. Right. Right. They're coming off of a college world series is a ton of momentum. There's a bunch of young guys in this program. You want to stop the bleeding of the transfer portal. You need to get somebody in here and you need to make the right decision.
1: Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Great stuff. We had a lot of stuff. We're going to continue. You know, We'll, we'll keep on talking about this, what Notre Dame is going to do. And you some know other, it. We'll try to go some different directions with it because there's some other stuff we were going to try to get to today that we didn't even get to. So yeah, I know, we got right. all that coming up. Yep. All right, Vince. Appreciate you as always. Yes, sir. It's Tuesday, so I guess I won't talk to you on, on the show till next week. Sad, but true. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you later. That's going to be it for us tonight on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. <laughs>